Welcome back, everyone, friends and sadists. This is episode 7 of Blood on the Dice, the only actual play podcast where when we do something stupid, we have to go away forever. My name is Brian, I'm the creator and producer of this show, and I'm prepared to do something very dumb with my friends today. So let's get into it. Uh, my name is Camille, the character is Pebble Soot, and I, I too am prepared to do something very dumb today. My name is Jake, my character is Cork Grizzly. I woke up not too long ago, so my voice is perfectly deep for this role. And I am Joe, I play Borkuro Boldenara, and I am as swift and silent as a fire, which is also pretty dumb. It's, it's not what I thought you were going to say when I heard F come down <laughs> of your mouth first. I was like a swift, silent heart. Silent but deadly. Wow. And yeah, we're, we're, we're really bringing it already, Alex. We're, we're bringing the class. <laughs> this, is the, this is the kind of energy we're going to have today. So. And I am Alex, and I get to be your guide on this three-hour walking tour of hell, the domain of dread that is Barovia. So... Way to, way to just suck all the gravitas out of that. Um, <laughs> well, what are you going to do about it? It's our job to be just incorrigible little scamps, <laughs> and it's your job to make us sound cool anyway. Absolutely. Waiting for him to quit. <laughs> well, I guess I'll do my little recap. Okay, so. <laughs> Coming in for, for episode seven. So... Your night spent at the Church of St. Andrew was interrupted by the shouts of town guards on the high street, and a quick investigation leads you to joining Isaac Strozny as he squares off against a throng of black-robed magicians, revealed after by Isaac to be some of the townsfolk suspected of devil worship. The following morning, your interrogations of Milavoj, the teenage gravedigger, reveal that he sold the missing bones of St. Andrew to Henrik Vandervoort, the coffin maker. An investigation of his shop and home revealed a poor carpenter to be nearly hysterical with fear and suffering from deep wounds to his neck. He claims that devils compelled him to steal the bones, which are now upstairs, where he refuses to go for fear. A careful investigation leads you to the bones, which you quickly return to the church along with Vandervoort, whose wounds Father Petrovich agrees to treat, feeling that now is the time for compassion rather than strict justice. A commotion at the north end of town reveals that another child has gone missing and was last seen leaving Velaki by the northern gates towards Lake Zarovich. With the assistance of Radovich, the boy's father, you find he has been kidnapped by Bludo Krogorov, the drunk fisherman identified by Father Petrovich as Isaac Strozny's only living relative. Krogorov is an enormous man, almost senseless with intoxication, intent on sacrificing the boy to the lake in the hopes of more bountiful fishing. With Radovich's help, you rescue the boy and return Krogorov to Velaki, handing him over to the prisoner as prisoner to the town guards. Back at the Blue Water Inn, Erwin Martikov confides in you that the latest shipment of wine from the vineyard is overdue. He worries about depleting his stores, but also the safety of the winery's workers. The winery itself is seven miles away, no easy trip through the haunted Scholage woods. And he asks if you would investigate on his behalf, claiming that he would be in your debt for undertaking such an errand. As Madame Eva suggested that ravens would help you to uncover important history of the land, and ravens are curiously abundant at the inn, you feel compelled to honor his request. Rumors of the previous night's scuffle seem to have gotten around as rumors of devil-worshipping cultists caused tension to mount further. With only one more night before the festival of the blazing sun, the Baron has threatened punishment for any such cultist and implores the townsfolk to turn in their suspicious neighbors for a reward. You have tried unsuccessfully to gather more information from the Vistani and the Dusk Elves nearby. And now as light dims from the sky, you return to the western gate of Velaki. You know, for us, that was a pretty successful day. It was a damn good day. Oh, yeah. Damn good day. 
it feels like we really stumbled ass backwards into those, you know, wins, we, but we'll we take failed what we upwards for sure. It's just like Hollywood. <laughs> Let's keep doing it. So <laughs> I said I said we keep we keep our good energy moving by immediately splitting the party. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's let's rage. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So we're we're on our way back. It's dark, and I I believe we had a plan to break into the house by making the invisible. So we we do. Back. We got to get there first. We got to make sure they let us back in. Right. So so that's that's the thing is that as you come back to the western gate to Velaki, uh, you see the familiar uh, guards wearing their armor and their muted yellow tabards. And there seems to be a changing of the guard right now. The um, afternoon guard is giving over to the evening night guard. And you can see that they're going through that process as they see you kind of approach up the road. You know from experience that they're not wild about opening the gates after dark. So how are you going to get out ahead of this? Good evening. We are just returning. And thank you in advance for opening the gates for us. So they're they're kind of looking at each other. You can tell that, that neither group, neither the... Uh, the the leaving daytime guards or the arriving nighttime guards want to be the one to make this call. So someone's gonna need to to do something. But see it seems like we we just got in out of the deadline. Like, look, you it's not the evening yet. You're just sitting in, you're not settled in. Just it's still day. We'll just slide right in. Could we roll could I roll persuasion to convince them that since one group hasn't left and one group hasn't arrived, anyone could open the gates? And it wouldn't be placed on any one person. It would well, be. Well, it seems, it seems that Basil has already tried to make that argument. So, yeah, you can make a persuasion check, but you can make it at advantage since he's also throwing his dignity behind you. <laughs> I really hate the way you phrase that. Wow. Um, is, that, is that a good wow or a bad wow? Uh, the first roll was a four, but that second roll was an unnatural 20, and I will take that. Hey. All right. Okay, fine. Hurry on. Come on, get on in. But don't expect don't expect this courtesy again. The the town laws are strictly enforced. Absolutely not. I don't even know why we expected it now. Yeah, you shouldn't in the future. Definitely not. We thank you for your kindness. We'll be on our way. For your own safety, yes. Be inside the town walls before the sun sets. Of course. Good advice. And as we as we walk away, Basil's gonna whisper, like, I feel like they say this every time and we keep not doing it. I was thinking the same thing. I wasn't really that nervous this time. It's like it's like when your dad was like, "This is the last chance you get," but you know it's not going to be. Oh, so he true. said that twenty five times. How many last chances could there be? At least twenty six. <laughs> All right. So we go investigate some purple lights. Yes, I I think we should get as much information as we can before this festival tomorrow. Of course, absolutely. It feels like something is in the air and. I, I just don't trust what's going on there. So walking along the high street, you know, you've been to the, the Burgermaster's mansion before, you know where it is. So, so you're actually end up walking along about 20 paces directly behind the retreating guards who are now off duty. And so they're up ahead of you, they're, their backs are to you, but they're having a very, very intense conversation amongst themselves. Make a perception roll to try to figure out what they're saying. Let's go right ahead. Me too. Ooh, starting hot today. That's a 23. I got a 24. Damn it. <laughs> Not bode well for future attack rolls. That's all I can. 
the law of averages is, is uh yeah. this is not when you want to be rolling. <laughs> Luckily, I got a twelve, so we're still good. You're gonna carry us in combat later. <laughs> um. So yes. Yeah, so so both of you, both Basil and and Pebble Soot, notice her extraordinaire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very easily eavesdrop on this conversation. Um of these yellow-clad guards as they walk through the twilight mist. You're one of them say, I'm no man's butler. I didn't join the town guard to answer the burgomaster's door for him. Captain Strozny is supposed to be investigating the missing servants, another says. The only thing Strozny cares to investigate is the bottom of a bottle of wine. This is the first. His investigation is going to lead him right to the inn. Basil's like making eye contact with Pebble here. Like, did he say missing servants? That's what I heard. I didn't hear about that. So missing servants from the from the mansion? As in Irina? Oh god. We should have checked on her sooner. Wait, is Irina no longer at the mansion? Well, uh, that's what we don't know. Alright, so I guess we're gonna Ah, I don't know. Do we do we wanna talk to these guys? Or do we wanna like drop back further and strategize here? So I would I would say drop back. Yeah. I don't think talking is gonna do any good. But then again, if they're heading to the mansion that we want to get into immediately making me invisible so I can trail them in would be the easiest way to gain it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Cool. Um, all right, so... <laughs> I guess, like, as quietly as possible. Less words, more hand signals. Basil's trying to get uh, get the point across to, like, cast our spells now. Like, like, like you, me, cast <laughs> spells. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wink at Basil really hard. <laughs> More of a blink, really. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So how, how far are we from the manor right now? Um, you're still a bit of a ways. Again, you've, you've been there before, so you know that you have to make it. You're, you're heading to the eastern side of town and then down a little side street. So it looks like, it looks like for a while as you go down the side street, there's, there's a couple of sort of very nice, well-appointed, once-upon-a-time stately homes. Some of them are seem to still be lived in, others are in advanced states of dereliction. Until so you come to the well-appointed Burgermaster's Manor. And beyond that, it looks mostly the kind of outbuildings that you would associate with a nobleman's estate, stables, a, a dairy barn, barracks for guards, a granary, a bakehouse, things like that. The manor itself, outside the grand double front doors, there are eight guards carrying spears. Are the two guards that we were following approaching the manor? They seem to be going past it. Again, it looks like, you know, for the, uh, for the members of the guards who are reliant on the town to provide them with bed and board, they're going to wherever home is. But yeah, there's, there's eight more guards in, in yellow carrying spears, just sort of not like ignore it like like you couldn't just walk right past them but they seem to be more like chilling you know um they don't seem to feel that there is a huge risk of people trying to break into the manor but they're guarding that door okay a door or a gate it's a door okay so i actually again because you've been here before so this is this is the front door here from memory, you know that it brings you into an entrance hall. There's a grand staircase, and then a uh, you met the Baron for the first time in the the living room here. But you're out here. There are the double front doors and eight guards between you and it. I'm pretty sure I can get in there, but I might actually need some sort of distraction. Does anybody have uh, a 
thaumaturgy. It's when you make weird noises, but not with your mouth. Um, I have minor illusion. Good, good. I mean, a major illusion would be better, but I guess a minor illusion is better than nothing. So, what, so what is our plan? Do we just do we cast and then you sneak off and then we go away? Is anyone going just like in and out? Not at this time of night. Um, hmm. At this point, the sun has solidly set. And as is the custom, there's very, very little outdoor activity, save for the guards. Alternatively, I could try to find a window. Do I know from memory if the windows had bars or anything like that? Um, with the exception of buildings that are just abandoned, pretty much every window that you've seen in Barovia has been barred. <laughs> okay, so a window's not going to work. There is, however, a back door. Just make me invisible. I will do the back door. Okay. Um, so I'm going to cast invisibility on Porcoro, and for the next hour, you're invisible. Hey. Okay. Two important points. The first, just because I'm looking up invisibility right now, mm-hmm. um, this is a concentration spell. Yes, it is. Okay. Second, this doesn't actually give any sort of mechanical effect of the spell. So just make it straight up advantage. I mean, I wouldn't say no to that. Okay. I mean, it's up to, it's up to okay. you. I assume no one can see him and it's up to him to muffle the sound of himself as much as possible. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's it. I'm, I'm more than happy to say that he is straight up invisible, but he is a big guy who is, has, I would, I would assume an audible tread. This is true. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't wear I don't wear armor or shoes, so that's something. I'm just saying, you're a dragon walking around a wooden house, right? We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> wooden floors creak. Is all I'm saying. This is true. Wokoro would definitely once again say that if there was any way anybody could make some sort of distraction in say ten minutes or so. That'd be awesome. But otherwise, um, Orkoa is going to get fucking looted because I only got an hour. Okay. So I'm going to real quick. I'm going to really quick cast aid as a third level to give Burkoro and then also Basil and Cork 10 extra hit points. Um, third level spells. Yeah, because, you know, we never know what's going to happen. Might as well. Never know. We'll take it. All right. Um, so you're still trying to go through the front door? No, absolutely not. The moment I turn yeah. invisible, I don't know if there's like a gate or something that surrounds the grounds of the house. There's really not. It's actually pretty easy to move around back and find that there is a back door. I'm, yeah, so uh, with eight guards out front, I would definitely look for the back door. Um, so, Alex, question for you. Yes. Do guns exist in this world? Um, not in the sense that you're familiar with them, no. What an ominous answer. <laughs> Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> well, they're like, like critical role guns, right? Right? Like the Vox Machina. Like, there, look, there, there might be no guns at all, but like, you know, if, if there's like, you know, even like the most basic of firearms, um, that it's possible that these guards would be familiar with. No. No. Okay. But an okay. explosion of some sort would probably get attention. So, all right. So, with Minor Illusion, it says I can create a sound, its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. Can you cast minor illusion and keep me invisible at the same time? Yeah, it's not a it's not concentration. Okay. 
Um, and so it lasts for one minute. Um, and so I guess my thoughts, if, if I can't do gunfire, is just cast the spell like in a spot with, you know, within earshot of these people, get it to scream constantly for one minute, and the three of us run away. Okay, so you can easily do that. Of the eight guards, I said eight, right? Yeah. Yep. Of the eight guards, three of them leave to go investigate. Better than nothing. Okay. Start. Um, can I, can we just keep doing that? Okay, just like, like cast it, get it to scream for a minute, go somewhere else, and just like keep moving. Okay, you know, let, let's focus on Borkoro for a second. <laughs> <laughs> get him in the house. Shall we? That's what, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get him in the uh, house. What's the, what's the back door situation? Well, so you go around back. It looks like out back it's mostly, it's a it's just a vegetable garden. Okay. Um, so there is a door. On this rear wall, there is one barred window at the first floor level. Okay. There is sort of a, a flickering light beyond, suggesting that probably somewhere in that room there is a fire. Which okay. makes sense, because actually there's a brick chimney right hereabouts. And there is that door. Well, obviously I would check them out to see if it's locked. So, so that door is not locked at the moment. Okay. Oh. But as soon as you like turn the, I, I'm, I guess it would be, it would be some kind of a knob or, or maybe something with a depression plate. Sure. But as soon as the, the very heavy door has a very heavy metal mechanism in it, which sort of clicks audibly as you attempt to move it. So as soon as that happens, you hear something then moving around inside that room. Okay. Then what I'm going to do is immediately throw the door open, but press myself against the wall. Interior or exterior wall? So my idea is to essentially get my ass against the wall on the inside and don't move. Because they're going to go for the door. All they're going to see is the door bust open. Okay. Okay. No, I, I just... So, um... So do I do a stealth roll then? Yeah, let's go make that a let's sure let's make that a stealth roll. Okay. Oh, oh yes, that's a nineteen. Okay, Ooh. so thank you for that advantage. <laughs> um, so this door takes you into a well-appointed little kitchen. There is a sizable fireplace against one wall. And sort of as soon as that happens, especially now that the person inside has had their suspicions brought up, though, by the sound of the door plate rattling, you see inside there is a pudgy little cook who does not see you, does not seem to realize that you have entered the building, but does immediately grab an enormous cleaver, runs over to the door, looks outside for a moment, brandishing it, immediately steps back inside and locks the door. Okay. All is going as planned so far. Um, so it's, it's so from the kitchen, there are three other doors and a stairway going up. Stairway? Uh, Shit. That's, a, yeah. that's actually what I want immediately. So I would go up that stairway. My goal is to get up to the attic as quickly as possible. That's going to be another stealth check to get up the stairs. I would do so right now. Let's get that advantage going. All right, 17. 17 will get you up the stairs. Feeling really fucking tense right now. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh, blue boy. I have a sinking feeling that like 
we're all very scared for Volcora right now, but while that's happening, we're just gonna have something horrible try to attack us in the streets. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I'm playing the long game here. <laughs> that makes it worse. Yeah. Somehow. Oh, much worse. Oh, oh did, did you think that was supposed to be comfortable? No. <laughs> no it's worse. No one ever wants the long game. Unless you are the person playing that's the long true. game. But that's but we're yeah, not. That's exactly. not us. Can I also say that Vorkoro, as he moves around invisibly, is essentially doing what Prompt does in the Emperor's New Group? Wow, we watched that movie now. Yeah. Classic. This is now an Emperor's New Groove rewatch podcast. Oh my god, I would so be involved in that. <laughs> well, so we watch it over and over again. Yep, that's it. No, we analyze it scene by scene. Wow. Okay. Every episode is just like one minute of <laughs> the They movie. did make a whole show and multiple movies, I think. Did they make a show? Yeah, yeah. No way. Uh, yeah. Emperor's New School or something like that. What? Yeah, wasn't it like a Billy Madison kind of I thing? I think so. I'm, I can't be certain. So... <laughs> Anyways, back to the horror game we're playing. <laughs> the staircase climbs to a 10-foot-wide gallery that stretches almost the length of the mansion. Breathtaking paintings of landscapes line the wall. Two separate narrow hallways lead away from the gallery to the north. To the far north, presumably this far area over here, you do hear more voices. Um, well, I look left down the first hall and I see a bunch of doors. That's not really what I'm looking for. I'm trying to go up as quickly and efficiently as possible. So I want okay. to move to the next hallway to see where that hall is. Okay. Too. Well, I got bad news for you if doors were a non-starter. <laughs> Everyone knows that doors are a dragon's natural enemy. <laughs> there is a, another hall. Um, as you peek down this hall, yeah, lots of doors. You hear so as you get closer, again, there are voices coming from from the far front end of the of the upstairs part of the house. But then there are also voices quite audibly coming from Probably one of these two, through one of these two doorways closest to you. I would like to sneak up to check down the last hole. Okay, I'm going to ask you for another check for that one. More than happy to. Please advantage. Please keep giving me the good. <gasps> 23. This invisibility spell is something I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, like every first ball has been shit. But every second roll has been glorious. Alex made a mistake letting us hit level five. The shenanigans are just never going to stop now. Yeah, I, I think I accidentally got your hopes up too high then. <laughs> so you have hit the top of the grand staircase, but it seems to descend to the to the ground level, but it doesn't go up from here. All right, so this is not what I want. So what that I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to this hall. The one closest to the kitchen stairs? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to that hallway, and my goal is to go to the door all the way over. Um, okay. And, and before I open any doors, I would listen just to see if I hear anything before I Smart move. Um, you, you hear something? It's not easy to tell, though, if it's coming from through that doorway or the one to your left. So in, in whatever network of rooms is to the northwest of this corridor, someone is moving around. All right, well, then my goal is to still going to need to go from the door directly in front of me. 
person. You're just going to go through that door. Got to take a chance. <clears throat> I'm still invisible, so. Oh my god, this is causing me so much anxiety. It's causing you anxiety. Once upon a time, I told you guys that it wasn't really possible to break this game. I did not understand that you were going to take that as a challenge. Well, that sounds more on you. <laughs> I don't disagree. I just. <laughs> um. Okay, so time has faded the grandeur of this master bedroom. The furnishings have lost some of their color and splendor. A short pole rope hangs from a wooden trap door in the ceiling. Is there anyone in the room? Well, as soon as you sort of have the chance to look around and ascertain that there is that pole rope, I'm gonna mark it off for you. The next door over, the one immediately to your left, swings open and in walks the Baroness. As it's swinging open, I want to slam the door that I just came through. So it seems like someone slammed the door on the way out in the hopes that she will literally leave the room. All right. Um, you close the door with you on this side of it. So the Baroness, who has clearly been getting ready for bed, um, <clears throat> her hair has been released from its usual sort of ornamental holds and is cascading down her back and she's wearing a, a nightgown. She kind of just stares into that corner as if she's looking at you. Maybe she's looking at you. Should I roll spell? She kind of shakes her head in disgust and then she proceeds to walk over to the bed where she removes a warming pan and then climbs in and begins to read. Okay, if you want to take a second to go back to the group, Otherwise, I, I, I'm gonna figure this out. Um, okay, so... Oh, I've already got a plan. Um, <laughs> I've already got a plan. Can I go back to the other group anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Um, so the plan was to just keep setting off car alarms. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we were trying to draw them away from the front so that he could potentially get in that way. But I guess we don't know that he got in the back. Well, depending on how much time has gone by, I mean, how, how much time do you think would have to go by without hearing from Borcoro to assume that he was good or dead? I figured if he's dead, we'll have heard something. I mean, you don't smell smoke. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I would say six minutes at fast. Sure. Yeah, six minutes. Okay. So, so are you waiting? Are you still trying to track uh, I think, yeah, we're just... You know, I we do that. Like I said, the the screaming sound lasts for like a minute when I cast it. So I figure, okay. do that five ish times and then wait it out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this this clearly has the guards very very agitated. They don't know what's going on. They've also during this time you've seen a few things. They have gone off in small groups to go investigate these sounds. They've never left fewer than four guards behind to stay at the door though. And also in that time, guards who have been staying behind have been occasionally opening the door, but only to the extent that then they're relaying information to whoever is directly inside. But this has this this clearly as as bad as things can sometimes get in Velaki to have this many unearthly screams happening in this close proximity to the manor at this time of night really has their hackers up, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, I feel like we may have made things worse and just 
put them more <laughs> on guard, but I don't think we have another plan. So I guess we just we do that and then we hunker down somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Okay, are you staying staying in sight of Yeah. The yeah. Okay. So I do want to I, I do want to acknowledge how that's gonna play out on your end. I'm just before I do, since since Joe tells me he already has a plan. I do. Okay. If it's kill the Baroness, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh my god. I mean you did burn down a toy maker shop with him still inside. I didn't I didn't kill anybody indiscriminately. Honestly, if you killed a baroness, I'd be cool with it. <laughs> anyway, alright. Uh I am going to get as close as possible without being detected. Now the spell says that anything on my person is invisible. That includes my water skin. Because what I want to do is water skin above her head and then suddenly open it so all the water comes spilling out on her. And my hope is that she will think there is a leak in the ceiling. And now that she is wet, she has to go to change, get new linens, something. I just need her to get out of this fucking room. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that Vorkoro used water. So true. Pebble is proud. She can feel it. That's my plan. Tell me what you need me to roll. I guess we'll make it a stealth roll. <laughs> I don't know if you look the way you look because you realize this is supremely stupid or supremely brilliant. Just make a stealth roll. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Twenty-three. Oh my god. This fucking advantage is the only thing saving me right now. Amazing. I'm I'm just I'm saying in all in, in all sincerity, like part of what makes this hard is because every time you guys do something like this, I'm like there's two things that could that are equally plausible. One makes them easier for you, one makes them harder for you. What is my responsibility? It's up um, to you, man. All I know is that I dump a bunch of water. Alright, so Okay, you know what? Let's do. Okay, no, call it odds or evens. Evens. Well, odds. <laughs> I, all right. She is very, very, very upset. Um, she immediately climbs out of bed and walks over to. Actually, if she climbs out of bed, you're like standing right there, aren't you? Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I could. I could make another stealth roll to like move around her. Like as she no, I'm gonna cut you some. I'm gonna cut you some slack on this one. She shifts over in the bed, but reaches over to the night table where she has placed a large silver bell, which she immediately begins ringing. Okay, there's only one thing I can do. I'm going to grab the rope attached to the trap door and pull it as hard as humanly possible and run up those steps as quickly as possible in the hopes that in my invisibility I will be able to hide somewhere out there. Yeah, I feel like you really should have let me finish, but okay. Oh, I, I, no, 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 if you have something, I, you should absolutely finish. Yeah, you should absolutely finish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's how I want to do this now, if that's your instincts. Oh, God. Roll for initiative. <gasps> This is, like a, this is my own fault. This is my own fault. I have no one to blame but myself. Oh no. Oh, look at that. It's a six. It's a six. This is okay, so then before you can act, someone else gets to act. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. It is the maid who immediately comes through the main bedroom door in response to her mistress ringing the bell. Okay, all right. 
The two begin an intense but very, very boring conversation about leaks and soiled bedclothes and what is to be done. The bedroom door has been left ajar. I'm not leaving. What I need is right there. It's right there. Okay, the bedroom door. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. If the bedroom door has been left ajar, then what I can do, I have a hammer. I'm going to pick that hammer up and throw it through the doorway as hard as humanly possible. So that makes a whole bunch of clattering noise. And as soon as it's not attached to my body, it's also not visible. So my hope is that I hear a bunch of noise, run to the hallway, see a hammer, and they're like, fucking construction workers. You see, my reaction is to think that they hear something happen out in the hallway. They assume any other number one of the members of the household staff will deal with that. <laughs> they are dealing with what's going on right now in the bedroom. So, Man's got to try. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. How long would you wait? We, we decided that when you entered the bedroom, that was that was six minutes of your hour. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that was six minutes of your hour. Um... How long would you wait for them to resolve changing the sheets? Nine minutes. Nine minutes. And we're going to do a under or over. It doesn't take them nearly nine minutes to change the sheets, at which point the maid promptly leaves and the baroness returns to sleeping on the other side of the bed. She's sleeping? Well, she has at least hunkered down. Here's the situation. It's nighttime. The attic entrance that you found is in the bedroom. So I'm going to let you do one more thing and then we're going to revisit the others. All right. So so now I'm once again going to go with my instinct, which will be to tug on the rope, pull open the trapdoor, run up as quickly as possible, and hide up. Okay. Is there going to be any attempt to do this without being detected? Well, that's why I said if she's asleep. If she's asleep, I will try to be sneaky about But if she's just awake, then I'm just going to fucking rip the bandit off. I'll meet you halfway. Okay. She has put down the book. She is clearly intending to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. There's not much way of knowing without getting right up close to her if she is in fact asleep yet. Is the room dark? The lights are out. Well, then, yeah. I'm going to see if I can do it without rousing her. Okay. So because that's going to be so difficult to do, like my instinct would be to say that you're going to make that check at disadvantage so we'll just say they cancel out okay i can i can deal with that 12. so you pull on the rope and it's a fairly modern contraption is what you would expect a panel swings away a very steep ladder-like staircase descends with a clatter and baroness rolls over in bed and doesn't properly sit up but she just shouts victor stay out of the attic you know what your father will do if he catches you up there, and I will not stop him. I'm going to run up there as quickly as possible. Okay. Holy shit. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, so what are the rest of all you beautiful people up to? Rock, paper, scissors outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, scissors again. I feel like I should know this by now. I feel like porn always okay. does rock. That's all I know. I was about to say, he would be like rocked. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Why would a paper be rock? Yeah. Basil's definitely a paper main. Yeah. Okay, I am going to give you guys a little bit of news, a little bit of an update, but I'm going to keep it quick. At about the same time that Vorkoro is closing himself up in the attic chamber directly over the master bedroom, 
Those of you who are keeping an eye on the guards positioned around the front door see two other guards running down the street towards the manor who are there to inform the eight, we've got a situation. It would appear that there is a monster on the high street. Oh, that's not good. Can, are they saying anything else? Well, the ones who are there are trying to get the two new arrivals to explain what they mean by monster. They're not able to give a very good description of what that means, but are saying they, they need them to come deal with it, or at least help them to deal with it. Okay, so there's a monster, and uh, one of our uh, friends is in an attic for maybe, I don't know, <laughs> hopefully. I, oh, look, I, I feel like we should help out with whatever this is, but... If I take a hit, Vorkoro uh, will be visible. Oh, God, that's so true. And, I mean, what if Vorkoro needs help? You know, we won't be keeping an eye on the mansion anymore. This is true. So, Vorkoro, meanwhile, uh-huh. what you doing? All right, so what is this? Is it just like a bare room with a door and a window? So, this dusty room has a pitched ceiling that reaches a peak about 20 feet above. Okay. Um, except for the wooden rafters, I'm sorry, uh, the wooden rafters are shrouded in cobwebs, and except for an old table and lantern on it, the room is empty. But there is a door. There is a door. And there's a window. And I just want to make sure no one's coming up behind me, right? Like, Doesn't sound like it, no. All right. Um, that window, could I open it a little bit, or is there no way I could? It's barred. Also, um... I don't know if you, I don't know if Rokoro knows this, but they've been staying around the front of the house to keep an eye on the guards, and this is going to overlook the rear of the house. Never mind. So coming through that door, this large attic is full of old forgotten things draped in white sheets. Piled around them are barrels, crates, trunks, and old furnishings covered with cobwebs and dust. You do see a clear footpath through the maze. Okay, I would follow. Okay, so it's basically, it snakes through the mounds of crap and garbage and junk to the door on the far wall. Okay. Someone has carved a large skull into the door. Hanging from the doorknob is a wooden sign that reads, all is not well. (laughs) You hear a young man's voice beyond. Well, it's worked for me well enough before. I'm going to open that door with the intent of getting into that room and Hiding against the wall. No fix, but isn't broken, I guess. Okay. Meanwhile, outside, the guards continue to argue about what exactly is meant by monster. Some others have gone to go investigate. They are returning, now saying that it appears that the monster is coming for the manor. Cool. Nice. Oh, gosh. Okay, this is what I think. If the monster is coming towards the manor, I think we should just hold our ground here. If it gets to us, we'll deal with it. But I want to stay close enough to the mansion that, or the manor, like, if, if crazy shit starts happening in the house, we can go help him because we know it's happening, uh, you know, if we can see that. And if the monster gets there, we'll deal with that when it happens. What do you think? That sounds good to me. Okay. I think that's a good plan. Joe, Mercoro opens the door. There is suddenly a crackling blast of lightning explodes in his face, causing him to take 19 lightning damage. Holy shit. Oh. On the plus side, the door is open. Holy shit. Um, okay. I don't think that takes the spell off. I don't see why it would. It says spell ends for a target 
that attacks or casts a spell. So like he he gets fried, but like as long as he doesn't retaliate, he's fine. Yeah, no, he didn't either. He's invisible. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> did we did we see anything? Any like purple lights? You definitely did because you've got crazy, you know, passive. Scores. Nice. So I think you at least heard it. It felt like it, it. It sounded like weirdly close thunder. And while the sky is, as always, overcast, it doesn't seem particularly stormy. Uh-huh. The the guards now, though, again, they are definitely really freaked out. And they, they seem to be sort of gathering themselves in a formation to defend the manor from whatever might be coming down the street. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to ignore you guys. I'm just trying to make sure that I got the timing worked out exactly right. No. Oh, you're, you're totally fine. So, Borcoro, someone has taken old mismatched furniture and created a study in this dusty lamplit chamber. Tables are strewn with pieces of parchment on which strange diagrams are drawn, and a freestanding bookshelf holds a collection of bones. A dusty rug covers the floor in front of a pine box on which lounges a skeletal cat. Several more skeletal cats skulk about. Most unnerving of all is the sight of three small children standing with their backs to you in the northeast corner of the room. Oh, okay. So let me let me see if I have this right. So three children just lay witching me. I'm still invisible. I'm staying invisible, but I want to get close to the kids to see what their deal is. Okay. First, I I am gonna ask you to make another stealth check. Sure. Eighteen. Okay. The children are painted wooden dolls dressed in clothing that was sort of salvaged from some child's wardrobe. At a distance, they were pretty convincing, but you don't have to get too close to realize that they are not real. Do I have a sense of where the lightning came from? It seemed to come from the door itself. So it was a magical trap door. Okay. Well, as you turn around, though, you see that there is now another figure in the room. Oh, God. I don't move. God, I'm fucking terrified. So, no, it's actually what appears to be a, a young man, maybe in his, in his middle teens, a weedy, shifty, rodent-faced boy of about 15. Um, and his face is pocked and acne-ridden. Uh, but he's also examining the door. He's examining the door frame. He's examining the door itself. He's looking at something. Um, and he seems confused and honestly a little frightened. He looks out into the attic. He looks back and he scans the room around him. And then just kind of shrugs his shoulders and he returns to the center of the room where there is a little stool that he purchases or that he perches on as he just starts reading one of these big thick books that's lying around. Okay. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Oh boy. I'm going to start moving the mannequin children slowly, systematically towards him, weeping angel style. Um, It does definitely freak him out. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Um, so, it's also about this time, Borkor, that you start to hear oddly loud and frightened shouts coming from outside the front of the house. I can only worry about one thing at a time. Basil. Basil. The invisibility spell is what level? Uh, second level. Second level. Okay, so that's going to make this much, much easier. Um, Borkoro, the wee little teenage nerd, jumps off the stool and immediately... You can see him just sort of like, you, you, you recognize he is casting a spell. Oh, motherfucker. As soon as he finishes, his eyes kind of dilate in a way that makes you feel like maybe you're not going to do so hot on further stealth checks. Uh, before his eyes can settle, I'm going to move to knock him out. Okay, so we are now in initiative. Yeah, I know. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Motherfucker. 
oh, this we we're all waiting for this to go poorly, and here it is. <laughs> was it the moving the mannequins? Was that what did it? <laughs> no, it's going so well. I was hoping they'd spare him out of the room. What'd you roll? Oh, I rolled a five. Oh, I'm fucked as far as an initiative goes. So that's when, again, he starts hurling bolts of glowing white-hot energy at you. <gasps> First one lands, dealing you three force damage. Next one, five force damage. And the next one, another five force damage. Oh, no. Fucking nerd wizard. As he's doing this, he's shouting, get out of my study. Okay. Is it my turn now? It is your turn now. All right. Uh, I'm going to attack him. Okay. I'm um, going to do it with a crossbow. Um, jo- yeah. Joseph. Yeah. I-, I know I'm really not supposed to do this, but you know things like grappling exist in this oh, game. Oh, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, let's, let's grapple. Sure. Wait, no. I, don't, I have such little strength. That's going to fuck me over. Okay, fine. If you're just going to straight up break into a home and murder a teenager. No, I don't want to murder a teenager, but I don't want to die either. Well, I've already given you far more help than I'm supposed to. <laughs> I mean, look, I... Okay, 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 all right. I'll, I'll meet you halfway, because I'm not a good grappler, but I'm not going to riddle him with arrows either. I'm going to just try to hit him over the head with this hammer. I don't know why you think that's better, yeah. but go for it. Okay, even if your strength is not particularly impressive for a dragonborn, I feel like it's really weird that you're not confident that you can take, like, a teenage nerd. One who's throwing lightning bolts? No, you're right. You're right. Fuck it. Let's grapple him. Let's grapple him. This is what Romora would do. I wouldn't just kill him. Let's grapple him. Let's let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go. What do I roll? So so that's what? That's a, that's a strength or athletics check, right? I believe so. Eight. Fucking eight. Okay, well, eight beats a three, so. <laughs> Congratulations, you have him grappled. <laughs> All right. Is there anything I can... Oh, okay, there's a big box, right? I, uh, you said there was a big box. There is a big box. <laughs> I'm gonna open it and throw him inside. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna say you can do that. He's, uh... You open the, you throw open the box, and inside all there is, it looks like somebody has been sewing a wizard's robe that is half completed. So there's some some cloth and some sewing equipment, but it's pretty easy to yeah cram him in. It's a tight squeeze, but he'll is he is he still conscious? Yes. So while I grab him, I look at this wizard's robe and I look at him and be like, "You're not evil, are you? You're just a nerd, right?" I am a baronet and a powerful mage. I. Are you a demon I summoned? Yes. <laughs> I am the demon that you have summoned. <laughs> so then you must do my dark bidding. That is correct. But, little known fact, demons must always tell the truth. So I have to tell you, it looks suspect that you're up here alone by yourself. It kind of looks like you're a prisoner. I won't be here for long. I'm going to escape. Yes, I have come here to help you escape. Quickly. Gather all of your important things and we will escape in this moment. Okay, you're going to need to make a deception check for that one. This has taken such a strange turn. I know. Yeah, it has. It's going to take an even stranger one because I rolled a three. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nothing. 
played. I'm yeah, sure. and he did it all. You're. I. I mean, I don't know that he says anything, but yeah, you've completely lost confidence in him. He's going to try to escape now. Um, give me another. Give me another uh, strength check to keep him grappled. Eleven. Okay, you still have him. Okay. Why do you want to escape if you are a baron? Does that not mean you are like the lord? Who wants to be lord of this place? You're you're not wait a minute. No. What are you doing here? I I'm a demon, you son. No, you're not. That's how magic works. You don't know the first thing about magic. Do I look like I am not magic? My magic is more powerful than yours. Yeah, I'm gonna get some fire to light in the back of my throat, like right up in front of his face. Okay, so then make a make an intimidation roll at advantage. Twenty, unnatural. Okay, yeah, he's scared of you. Do you wish to escape or not? <sighs> Wanted to escape my way. What was your way? I was, I was, I was working on it. I was going to escape like a powerful mage, but it, it didn't really take. I wanted to escape like with the with the spell, but it wasn't going to work. I couldn't get it to work, and I was running out of test subjects. What spell? If you let me go, I'll show you. Are you going to hit me with more lightning? You said you got a twenty on that on that uh, intimidation. Pretty good, yeah. No, he seems that he's he definitely doesn't trust you implicitly, but this is crazy enough that he's not prepared to just sort of take it. He's still open to this working out for him in some way. Also, presumably isn't wild about the idea of trying to drag a dragon out of the house in secret. All right. Show me what you were going to do. He goes over to the little round rug in the corner of the room and he pulls it aside, revealing that a very like ornate and elaborate sort of spell circle has been chalked into the wooden floor underneath it. He says, this is how I was going to escape, but I couldn't get it to work. What does it do? Well, right now, it just kills anyone that you try to send through it. I understand now. Is there usually a big purple flash? Yeah. I tried to send the butler through and there was a big purple flash. Before that, I tried to send uh, my mother's my mother's lady-in-waiting through and there's a big purple flash. And then just charred corpses. Well, I will help you escape, but you must answer one question for me. There was a woman here, a servant woman, by the name of Irene. My mother's new lady-in-waiting? Please don't tell me you tried to send her through this thing. No, the one before her. Okay. Um, but she's... Uh, I don't know where she is. My mother was complaining that she ran away, but I don't see how she could have. So she is no longer in this house. I mean, I haven't seen her, but I don't see how she could have left. It's at this point that the two of you both here from outside down by the front door shouts of monster, monster. Let's talk about what the rest of you guys are experiencing. Okay. As um, you stand there sort of off to the side, still, as far as I know, undiscovered by the guards, who is standing there sort of in a in a rough battle formation around the uh, front door as if they're going to protect anybody from trying to break it down. And that's when you see something start to come through the mist towards you. Ambling along the otherwise deserted street comes a monstrous great cat. It is orange with a white underbelly and black stripes. Two enormous teeth like the blades of sabers protrude from its snarling maw. An elaborate plate armor is strapped to its back, shoulders, and forelegs. Oh, okay. Um, is it chasing anyone? Does it look like it's 
No, it's just sort of walking towards the guards. It seems uh, more interested than aggressive. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I vote we don't fight the battle tiger if we don't have to. Mm-hmm. The guards seem to be arguing over whether or not it is a wolf. Are they, like, preparing to fight it? They're, they're sort of in a defensive mode right now. They're holding out their spears. Okay. I, I think we watch until something happens then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you watch until something happens. That's what's going on. Well, I mean, it's just walk. It says walking towards the guards right now. Maybe they got it. <laughs> One of the guards shouts at the other, "Go to the inn, get the wolf hunters," and then two of them sort of peel off and run off again. Vorkoro, what are you guys up to? So, if I were to look out the front window, you see an armored saber-toothed tiger approaching the mansion. All right. It seems like now. Is as good a time as any to escape. Are you ready to get the fuck out of here, my misunderstood wizard child, man? I, well, I, I need my things. How much do you need? Get your crappy robe, get your cool books, and let us go. No, no, I'm not leaving with you. I don't know who you are. Fine, I'm putting them in the trunk. I'm destined to be a powerful wizard. I will figure out this spell on my own. I'm shoving him in the trunk and I'm going to lock him. Because I can't. At this point, even he's like, you realize you're trying to kidnap me from my father's house, which is heavily guarded. I'm not trying to kidnap him. I just can't let him be. I can't let him like be running loose doing whatever he wants. So you're just shutting him in the trunk? Yeah, un- unless he can help me get out. Well, you haven't asked him to help you get out. You've just said, I'm abducting you. I'm not trying to kidnap you. You said you wanted to... Fine, if you don't want to leave, can you at least help me get out? Since you're the one who summoned me here? Well, with all the guards here, I can I can help you hide. What do you mean hide? Like hide in the house? I mean, I can help you hide in the house until there's a good time to leave. Can you help me search the house for my friend Irene? If you do that, I promise I won't burn your house to the ground. That I can do. Okay, well then I guess you have a plan. All right. Um, you guys are just watching the, the guards tangle with the tiger. I mean, are they fighting it yeah. now? How does it look like if it's going? Yeah, like you said it you said it didn't look like it was being aggressive. So maybe maybe they'll just stroll by. So it looks like, yeah, as soon as the guards start to attack the tiger, you know, it lets out a roar, it takes a swipe at one of them, which really freaks them all out. But as soon as they start to engage it with their spears, the tiger just sort of runs off into the town. Moments later, the two other guards reappear with the wolf hunters, uh, Soldarovich and uh, Krushkin, who actually come with Rictavio bringing up the rear. And they and the guards get into a lengthy philosophical debate over what constitutes a monster slash what constitutes a wolf. <laughs> Happy ending, I suppose. Um, it concludes with them deciding, though, that whatever it is, it is now just wandering around Velaki. I mean, yeah, that's that's not great. We, we don't want that. <laughs> But also, I think we need to wait till we get more coral back to make any moves against whatever this is. So the, the baronet is saying to Borkoro, if you leave me alone, if you don't tell anyone what's been going on up here, I will help you. I will, I will get you out of this house. Or rather, I will help you search the house. So, Borkoro, it sounds like the baronet's plan basically amounts to you wait in the attic until everyone leaves for the festival in the morning, at which point you will have free run of the house. Oh, and, and that I could look through the house for Irina. Or whomever, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of no better plan. And then we'll just... Okay, well, then he's going to go to bed with the promise to return to let you know that it's safe, or at least when it will be safe to descend from the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long the three of you guys are going to wait around for Borkoro or what you're going to do. If well, you is there any here. way you can like, signal us about what's going on? 
I was about to say, once the Baronet leaves, the windows can't be open, right? No, not really. But is there like a glass pane, or is it just like bars? No, yeah, you can see you can see through them. They're just well, they're barred, and without intense magic, you couldn't get through those bars. Could he open the window and like do something else, and just not climb through it? I, I have an idea, and I'm okay. going to rely on my relationship with Pebble here. Okay, uh, I am going to use my tinderbox to essentially like light a pack of matches and send a message. Via fire. Um, holy lord. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not a complicated message. If you see this, know that I'm alive. Like, all okay. So, Pebble, I'm going to forego the perception check to see the matches. Uh-huh. I'm going to ask for an insight check to understand the message. All right. That is going to be an 11. Yeah, I feel like you don't, like, okay, well, that's probably Vorkoro, but you don't know, is this, is this, uh, I don't think you know what that means. I could be like, oh, guys, Vercoro's in trouble. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, well, I see he's in the attic. He's trying to send some kind of signal, but I don't know what it is. Okay, this is what happens when you pay much more attention to water than fire. <sighs> yeah, if it was a water signal, I think I would have caught me. <laughs> well, I, I emptied my water skin, so... <laughs> water signal. <laughs> um, how, how high up is Vorkoro? Again, maybe between 20 and 30 feet. Well, which is it? <laughs> what are you trying to do? That this- I would like to write a message to him and uh, like mage hand it up to the window. You can, you can do that, assuming again that you actually have things to write on. Uh, I do. Actually, ooh, even better than that, um, I can... I can minor illusion is the same range. So I want to like just minor illusion, just like like a few words appearing in front of the window, like you good? How would I respond to that? <laughs> you good, bro. <laughs> Flash once for yes, twice for no. <laughs> Mercora, do you have a light source? I, yeah, I mean I, I can like light matches. Like I no, no my, my question is because theoretically it is dark. Dark you can't read in dark vision. So do you have some way of saying what those I, words I, I could make the illusion glow and just Okay then that'll work. Yeah. So yeah, Vorkaro, you good. Once for yes, twice for now. Well that's a difficult question. <laughs> to simplify it, I would signal once for yes. Okay. Okay. Um so set follow up message, should we stay? No. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so I guess we, we head back to the church and take a take a long rest. Assuming nothing attacks us on the way or in the middle of the night. Do we see what's the cat up to? Is it just in the village causing <laughs> havoc or Oh yeah, I forgot about the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do this quickly because I want to save enough time for the festival. Um on the way back to the church, you encounter a very, very haggard Rictavio making his way back to the inn. Oh, Rictavio, what are you doing out so late? Oh, there were, um, there were issues that needed my attention. Now that I have dealt with them, I intend to get out from under these dark and night skies. Would those issues have anything to do with, uh, a large cat? <clears throat> um, excuse me, my John Hurt is James Masoning. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, they did! How canny of you to notice! I don't mean to be rude, but it has been a most trying evening for me, so I am back to the inn. If you would like a nightcap, I will happily furnish you with one, but otherwise I intend to get out from under this darkness. 
If any of the rumors that they speak of in this land are to be believed, it is not safe for man or beast. Hence, I sacrificed my safety for that of a beast. We would love to join you. Uh, yes, I, I would like to hear the, the, how the story goes, yes. So as he sort of leads you back to the Blue Water Inn, he fills you in on the details, which basically amount to, I work with a circus. My tame tiger escaped. I kind of had a feeling that's what this was. Oh my gosh. Wait, how big is the freaking tiger? Fairly large, of course. He's, he's an absolute puppy dog. Wouldn't hurt a fly for anything at all. But one does not expect guards of a town such as Velaki to understand that. I assume they're still out running around looking for the thing, but needless to say, the tiger is back in his box. No harm has come to anyone. All right. It's unexpected. <laughs> Quite glad to hear that. I confess we saw your, your beast earlier, and I'm quite glad we did not engage with it. Mm, as am I. So returning to the inn, it looks like the people who are still there are in various states of intoxication are deep in conversation about the rumors that a monster has been running around through the town. And, and Rictavio has enlisted the wolf hunters in trying to com- convince people that this is a, a rumor that has gotten out of hand mm. and that it's nothing to be concerned about. He goes on to say, if you would like to go ahead and order yourselves a beaker of wine, feel free to instruct good Montecoff to put it on my tab. You're welcome to do so. I'm going to say no to that. Approaching the, the bar, though, where Erwin Martikov is usually stationed, you don't see him or anyone else there, uh, but you do hear some somewhat hushed voices having a very, very intense argument back and forth from just beyond the curtain that partitions the tap room from the kitchen. I want to listen close to that as chief noticer of the group. (laughs) As chief noticer. Should I go perception? No, if you're just going to make a point of listening, it's fairly easy to hear. Once upon a time, it seems that these individuals were trying to keep their voices down, but that's, they've sort of lost that in the heat of the the argument. So uh, one voice, clearly that of Erwin Martikoff, raises an anger and he says, I dare all that may become a man who dares do more is none. Response, do you not realize that the fellowship is betrayed to the Baron? It spells disaster for the entire town, the entire land. Rowan says, perhaps it is time this fellowship again spared a thought to pray for this land. What does such a fellowship profit anyone useless as we've become? And then the other voice, which now is clearly Danica's, replies icily, ask that of the old crow. And then there's another sort of expostulation of anger as Erwin Mardikov comes through the curtain and sees you there, followed closely by Danica. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. What can I get you? We were going to order a drink, but I, I feel like we have... Yes, of course. Of uh, course. Bigger business. Uh, I'm sorry, we couldn't help but overhear. You spoke of a fellowship and uh, a betrayal? Oh, uh, this, is, this is what happens when you, you live in such a land as this and, and people cannot help but be just so dramatic with everything that happens. Just, yeah. Business, affairs. I told you about the wine. Uh, by all means, yes. I, I let me let me get you a, let me get you all a drink. Uh, I I know that we have not yet won your trust by going to that winery, but we do intend to. And before that, I if there's something else we could help you with, particularly with the Baron, who we have our own reasons uh, not to trust. I would not just say that flippantly. Yeah, I I, anyone. I feel like I'm saying that like like a hushed voice to him specifically. He's, he, and he's not offended that you would say that. He's very much saying this out of concern for your well-being. You know, I, I take no offense to what you're saying, but you do not know me well enough to share such an opinion. I suppose that is true. 
I speak only out of concern for a friend of ours who may have gone missing recently. I appreciate your concern. And yes, it's such a time that you are prepared to travel west to the winery. Any information you can relay would be much appreciated. But until then, I, I apologize. That was not a conversation that should have been had during business hours. But I assure you, it is uh, no great concern. If you say so. Uh, Rictavio said to put these drinks on his tab, by the way. Oh, how kind of him. He's a kind and, man. Uh, will you be needing anything else? Any uh, food or a bed for the evening? No, I believe we will just be returning to the church. All right, then. Anything else you guys want to do at the inn? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. So the next morning, Festival of the Blazing Sun. Yeah, the, the Malaki has a very, very different, um, very different vibe. It has a very different energy. Not to say it is necessarily a better energy, just a very different one. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that for all of you guys, that's whether or not you need a long rest. That's a night's sleep. So that's also another day of food. Please manage your own upkeeps. Um, for Koro. So after after a while, fairly, you know, around middle of the morning, he comes up to you and he says uh, to, to basically inform you that most of the staff have left to go work on preparations for the festival. He says that it's just his father and a few guards who are left doing some business in his library. And when he's sure that the Baroness has left, he is going to ring the bell from the bedroom. He'll position himself in the kitchen to make sure that you can get out pretty easily. Okay. Um, so yeah, you're able to sneak back down into the, onto the second floor, into an empty bedroom, or who knows how long. The door that the Baroness came through last night, I just want to open it real quick on my way out to make sure there isn't anything crazy in there. Okay, what is in there? An iron tub with clogged feet stands against the back wall. Neatly folded towels rest atop a table near the door. Okay, uh, obviously I'm not seeing Irina, so I'm going to lead through this door. Okay. I'm moving fast because I don't want to get caught, but I want to make sure Irina isn't trapped somewhere in here. So I am very quickly going to run to this door. That door would appear to be locked. What about this one? That one is unlocked. So fucking The handsomely appointed room contains a canopy bed and low bookshelf, a full-length mirror in a wooden frame on the wall across from the door. Set into the north wall is an arched window of lead glass. Nothing here seems unusual. All right. Fuck that room. Check out this one. That one. So we don't have any idea where Irina is right now, just that he didn't kill her. Like he killed the other maids, correct? And and we and no, and she's gone. Like they think she ran away. Well, again, you haven't. Basil doesn't know any of yeah. this. Basil doesn't know any of this. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So that seems to be well. Well, what the Baron said was he didn't seem given given the security around the house. The idea that she ran away seemed does not satisfy him. But yeah, it seems that she has at least not been fulfilling her obligations. Okay. Or is locked as well. Can I try to pick it real quick? Um, is that something you can do? I think I'm the only one who has thieves tools. Well, here's the thing. Historically, you've done this before. You could try to break it down, but that's obviously going to be challenging for other reasons. Yeah, I can't do that. So uh, since I have found nothing up here, I'm going to head back downstairs. Okay. As you're walking past through these two doors, though, you know, again, you can hear the voices coming from inside fairly clearly. What do I hear? You hear the Baron's curt and smug voice. 
Wouldn't the witches seen Ned Falk to house? The second voice responds, well, my lord, they were actually seen coming from the Arasic stockyards, but the stockyards are nowhere near Vokta House. Well, no, sir, but that's where the old carnival wagon is parked. Lady Vokta doesn't have a carnival wagon. No, it was driven through the gates by that foreign clown a fortnight ago, about the same time the rumors began. And now when more circus performers have come to town, devil worshippers have actually attacked the town guards. So Lady Vokta has hired a circus to cover for her, which is, damn it all, this theory is too complicated by a half. Okay. Make a note of it and keep him heading downstairs. Um, you know what? Okay. So when you get to the top of the stairs, you see the the baronet is sort of standing at the bottom. Have you heard anything about my friend? No, just that apparently she's she's gone missing, but she could be anywhere. It's a big house. Okay, well, help me start looking. All I can tell you, if this helps at all, is that sometimes... When my father takes someone prisoner, if he doesn't put them in the stocks, he locks them up on the, the hallway that has my bedroom and Isaac's bedroom. You have a key? No, only they carry the keys. You mean your father? And Isaac. How many people are meeting with your father at this moment? Probably just, just a few guards. I mean, you could try to break the lock. You could try to pick the lock. <sighs> I will be back tonight. Leave the back door open for me, okay? I'll, I'll see if I can. It's not that easy. What do you mean it's not that easy? You're the Baroness. You're summoning me from realms beyond your understanding and brought me here to we both know. We both know I didn't do that. I could if I wanted. <laughs> I mean, if you want to try to, I mean, if you want to, he like hands you a, like a paring knife or a, a knife with a long, thin blade. I don't know if you want to try, but, or you could just go, but the cooks, the cook might be back at any second. Ah, give me the damn knife. I'm going back up. All right. So the rest of you who are being sort of carried by the throng of townspeople out to the festival. Let's talk about what's going on at the festival, shall we? Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Let's praise that blazing sun. <laughs> so Vorkoro will never know how lucky he was that in those few moments that he was in the kitchen talking to the baronet happened to be the exact moment when the Baron and the remaining guards left the house via the other stairwell. <laughs> it is convenient. Yeah. It is, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So, under threatening skies, weary Valachians watch from their stoops as a parade of unhappy children dressed as flowers trudges up the muddy high street, leading the way for the sorry-looking men and women carrying a 10-foot diameter wicker ball. The burgomaster and his wife, holding a sad bouquet of wilted flowers, follows on horseback. The baroness stares blankly into the, into the distance, but the baron casts his sneering gaze all around him until at last resting it on you. You! You are the carnival gutter snipes who conspired against my generous nature to place that duplicitous swindler among my household staff. Uh, our, our apologies, your lordship? Question mark. For two days, she happily slept in a feather bed in eight of my pantries, snaring her yes, milady, and no, milady. And now the thievish, self-willed harlot has disappeared, probably with half of my family's treasures. We have no idea what you're talking about. We haven't seen her in quite some time, but... No, no one has seen her. If she is the daughter of Indurevich, it only proves the low cunning of those ill-bred cretins. All I know about Irina's intentions in this town is that she required safety from this dangerous world out there. I, I, all due respect, sir, I find it unlikely that she would just leave. She needs someone to protect her. Four off is the day when I'll again subordinate my benevolent spirit to your desires. Of that, you can be sure. 
and were not for the general gaiety of the dead, not hesitate to have you clapped in irons. The Baron then canters away, still muddling about, muttering about conspirators and churkadays. Mercaro? I'm going back up to that door that he indicated and I'm going to try to pick it with a fucking paring knife. Okay, so give me a sleight of hand check, but at disadvantage since you're not using proper thieves tools. Fuck seven. So you don't manage to um, undo the lock, but as you're standing there with your face right down next to the keyhole, you do hear something inside. Something inside the room? You hear something on the other side of the door. It's really hard to tell what it is. It's just like, uh... I'm going to call out, but since I'm not a fool, Vorkoro would of course make himself sound like a lady in waiting. Is everything all right in there? <laughs> Spot on, really. Oh, I don't even think I don't think he even needs a deception check yeah, for that. That's no, just perfect. flawless execution. Chef's kiss. So the response I get is like someone crying out. Oh, okay. Well, then I will take it as an order that the Baroness has asked me to break down the door. <laughs> okay. You're going to hate me for this, but give me a strength check. If Pebble can break down doors, so can you. Oh, 18. Ooh. Okay, you have broken down the door. And the Baron is gone at this point, right? I, I suppose you might not really know that, but you certainly don't hear voices coming from the library and no one reacts to the sound of the door cracking open. All right. All right. Showstopper flavor text. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Dolls. This room is full of pretty little dolls with powder white skin and auburn hair. Some of them dress beautifully, others plainly. Some of the dolls fill a long bookshelf and others are arranged in neat rows on wall-mounted shelves. Still others are piled atop a bed and a heavy wooden chest. What's most odd is that all of the dolls, apart from their clothing, look the same. They all look like Irina Kolyana. Oh, oh no. That's bad. Morkar is right all along. It was Blinsky. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the festival, oh boy, the wicker ball is borne to the town square where it is hoisted and hung from a 15 foot high wooden scaffold. The townsfolk take turns splashing it with oil. Before the wicker sun can be set ablaze, the sky tears open in a sudden downpour. All will be well, cries the Baron as he brandishes a sputtering torch and marches defiantly through the rain toward the ball only to have his torch go out as he thrusts it into the sphere. A singular laugh erupts from the crowd, drawing the Baron's fiery gaze as well as gasps from the townsfolk. How close are we to the person who laughed? It was Cork. Was Cork the person who laughed? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the chuckle. It looks like it was actually one of the guards. Um, you're not too far, maybe only a couple of yards, but it's a pretty thick crowd. I just want to make sure it couldn't be mistaken for us. No, you are for the moment safe. Borokoro? Irina, are you in here? Ooh. Where's the sound coming from? It's clearly coming from under the bed. Oh my god. Oh my god. I keep under the bed. Reaching under the bed, first you inadvertently dislodge a brace of empty wine bottles. Beyond them, your hand brushes against what feels like a human leg. I grab it and pull it out. From under the bed, you pull the shivering form of Irina Kolyana, wearing the livery of a serving woman. She is bound at the ankles and wrists and gagged with a filthy rag. Oh my god. I untie her and ungag her. 
Well, I never thought I would be this happy to see you. Who? Who tied you up? Who put you here? A big, big man, dark eyes, shaved head, armor. His arm, his right arm was not right. You don't need to say anything else. I know exactly who you mean, and I know exactly what you mean. We are getting out of here now. So at that, I want to open my bag and take out the Irina doll that I took. Okay. Do you have any idea why they have been making dolls of you? No, I, I don't know. I mean... <sighs> it is okay. I understand completely. It is probably some voodoo ritual or some dark magic. I am then going to ignite the Irina doll and throw it onto the bed covered with all the dolls. Okay, so you are burning down the house. I am igniting the Irina doll <laughs> and throwing it onto the bed with all the other Irina dolls and then telling her, let's get out of here. Okay, I actually think Irina is going to attempt to put it out. What are you doing? These are probably cursed dolls. I'm trying to save you. I think I know more about what's going on here than you think I do. But either way, there's this can only mean bad attention for me. I don't care what you think. I'm all for getting out of here, but I want to leave as little a footprint as possible. I'm telling you, we should not leave this room full of dolls unburnt. So again, Vercoro, she wants to get out of here. So you've got a certain amount of agency over making the final call. But she has pleaded with you not to do this. Ah, fine. I will probably help her put out the fire and I'll be like, let's go. This place is too creepy to stay any longer. Where do you want her to go to? We are together going to go down the steps and out the back door. Yeah, it's easy to do. The house is completely empty. The, the baronet has somehow managed to make sure that the door lock didn't latch. All right, done and done. When she sees that the whole town, that the streets of the town are bare, even in, in midday, she asks, what, what's, what's going on? Maybe some sort of festival. I'm sure it's going to be horrible. <laughs> we could go if you really wanted to, or we could use this opportunity to not go and probably be much safer than everyone who is there. Where, where are your people? Where are the rest of the, where's, where is Basil and, and the, the creepy one and the other creepy one? I, I honestly do not know. If they were smart, they did not go to that stupid festival. But that means they're most likely at that fucking festival. Go <laughs> <laughs> find them. I'm going to go hide out at the church. All right. So she runs off to go to the church? Yeah, she's going to happily go to the church. Workhorn is really considering burning this house down. Okay. Well, you're either going to do it or you're not because I got to get back to that festival. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. Okay. So what do you do? I'm going to go to that fucking festival to see if I can find my fucking friends. <laughs> okay, so you arrive just in time to see that the whole festival has been brought to a standstill as the Baron is marching through a crowd that cannot wait to part to get out of his way directly towards a guard who looks like he's about to... This is like... this is like, You remember in The Witches when... when uh, yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The rest of you realize that Borkoro has suddenly reappeared in your mist. Oh, oh! Hey, oh, hey guys, I saved Irina from sudden death and I found a room full of dolls that look exactly like her and I also found like a nerdy wizard. Honestly, that raises way more questions than it answers, <laughs> but I, now doesn't feel like the right time. You've been busy. Huh? Pebble, surely you got my fire message last night, correct? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, the Baron, it looks like, is about to, with as much pomp and ceremony as he can possibly summon, which is a great deal, seems to be about to sentence this poor guard to like 
a million deaths. And suddenly the artificial night brought on by the sudden storm is interrupted by a distant glimmer of lightning. And the wicker sun bursts open with a thunderous splintering crack and thousands of chittering bats erupt into the sky above the square. Half the townspeople flee immediately, the rest stand frozen, half in fear of the bats and half for the Baron's wrath. From the far side of the square come pathetic shouts of demons, ghouls, thralls of the devil's strad, call no man safe who is not shut in his home. In a frenzied moment, the square is clear, save for Isaac and a few guards, even the Baron has quit it. Across the square, six figures loom into view through the mist and rain. There is some strange quality, perhaps in the lifeless gray pallor, that immediately puts you in mind of your encounter with Strahd von Zarovich at the base of Ser Falls. Two of the thralls hold in their arms dead Valachians, whom they drop immediately, turning their attention to you. Oh my. Oh no. Run. I vote for Rudd. I've already taken the liberty of rolling initiative for you. You'll be happy to know that Pebble is up first. Oh. What? Where, why did that happen? All right. I can't make you. I can't make you. You can run away. I could have assumed that any attempts to run would happen through initiative anyways. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, all right, so where are we? How close yeah. are, are these things to us? So you guys are probably, this is the scaffolding in the Broken Wicker Sun. You've got the stocks over here, and you've got a well here. Guys, Fuck. I have a plan. I have a plan. <laughs> Don't worry. Is it running? No. <laughs> I did not survive that fucking house to get murdered at this fucking festival. Feel free to drop yourselves wherever you feel you are. But yeah, this is initiative is is being recognized and Pebble is up. First. Okay, and uh, in terms of how far away I am from the vampires, am I within 30 feet of anybody? That's kind of up to you. You've got a lot of freedom in terms of where you want to put yourself because again, there was okay. a huge crowd. There was a lot of chaos. So it's kind of up to you. All right, I'm ready to go. All right. Okay, so I've positioned, I, I'm gonna run up so that I'm within 30 feet of as many vampires as I can possibly get within 30 feet of, which I think is about four of them uh, out of the six. Okay. And I am going to channel Divinity Radiance of the Dawn. And so those four vampires, one, two, three, and five, uh, will make a constitution saving throw uh, DC 16. Okay, so one 16? Yeah. One fails, two passes, three fails, five passes. Okay, so the ones who have take half of this damage. Okay. It's gonna be a total of 20 radiant damage, uh, which that's the full damage, so 10 for right. those who pass. Okay, wow, 20 radiant. They did not like that. Nice. So number one, this thrall has thick iron cuffs bound to her willowy wrists and another wrapped tightly around her neck. Nearly a foot of heavy chain depends from each cuff. And she comes up to you, snarling at you for that spell, Pebble. Mm -hmm. And she is going to attempt to grab you. Oh my god. So first grab apparently misses, still reeling from that blast of sunlight to her face. Mm -hmm. And so the second she's attempting to grab you again, Okay, so um, she, yep. Can I use my warding flare for this attack? Um, okay. So that's gonna be your reaction for this, this round. Yeah. So unfortunately, even at disadvantage, the vampire still grabs you. Oh. 
And so you feel her icy claws digging into your flesh. Uh-oh. As they do, it's it's almost it's not even just that she's grabbing you with sharp, piercing claws. You can almost feel this icy death energy seeping into your open bloodstream. She has a total of ten slashing damage. Gosh, okay. A uh, couple couple questions just about what we're seeing here. Yeah. Uh, are there people in the stockades? There are not, fortunately. Okay. Um, is Strozny? You said Strozny and a couple of guards are still here. Do they seem surprised by the vampire's arrival? The guards seem terrified and look like they might not stick around to see how this plays out. Strozny, as always, just looks incredibly angry. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll save my other questions for my turn. Okay. So, Pebble, by running right into the melee, you know, that was a that was a choice. Number two, this raven-haired thrall has a life frame and is dressed in gauzy rags. She would be stunningly, almost hauntingly beautiful if not for the terrible scarring mutilating one half of her face. Again, she attempts first to grab you. Okay, you have been grabbed and grappled by the thrall. Okay. She is able to pull your neck towards her mouth. You feel her fangs like icicles sinking into your flesh. Oh. So that is first seven piercing damage. Okay. And then an additional... Eight necrotic damage. Oh, no. Furthermore, your hit point maximum is reduced by eight. Oh, how you looking there, Pebble? Uh, bad. I have eight <laughs> HP left. <laughs> okay. Pork. Okay. I'm gonna also... No, 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 not your turn. Oh. You'll notice that you are standing right next to a vampire. Yes. This massive thrall stands well over six feet tall, and his huge, heavy shoulders give way to massive slab-like arms, which he swings at you, his razor-sharp claws at the ends of hands, big and broad as shovels. Luckily, that first swing misses you. And then with that second swing misses you, Borkoro's turn. Oh, yeah. I'm going to fire some arrows. Okay, who are you firing at? Actually... I'm just going to go ahead and use my action surge now. And I am shooting for... Wait, who's the one grappling uh, Pebble Ring? One or two? Number two. So the uh, the scarred vampire. Okay. Well, then I'm going to attack number two. Okay. All right. So here we go. First arrow. 21 hit. That definitely hits. Six damage. Second arrow. Damn it. Ten. No. Okay, so third arrow, 11. Does that miss too? That misses, yes. 16. Hits. Okay, that one is seven. Seven, okay. Pork, you are up. There we go. Okay, I'm going to first off go into a rage. Then I am going to swing my great axe at this vampire. Which which rage are you taking? Um, That's a great question. I am going to... Uh, do tell the newt oh yeah newt tell for sure <laughs> so that's a 22 to hit that definitely hits perfecto that is going to be 11 damage with this is just a regular axe yes okay i'm gonna swing again that's a 12 to hit 12 misses okay um that is my turn all right so 
So number four, this young thrall has a feminine attractiveness about him, soulful eyes below a wave of flaxen hair. He takes off disturbingly fast, leaps right over that well as he's charging down Vorkoro, oh, wow. but he's far enough away that you can get to him on this turn. Five, meanwhile, is gunning for Basil. This thrall's skin is icy and white as crusted snow and seems to flash with each flicker of lightning, and her hair is a vivid copper red. Um, who's up next? Basil. Basil, okay. So, a couple questions. Okay. What, you've been describing these as thralls. Do any of them look more vampiric than the others? Like, is, does one seem like a master? Like, does one seem like it's in charge of the others? They're all vampires, but they all have a strange, sort of more animalistic quality than you feel like you perceived with Strahd. Okay. Are any of the ones that are attacking Pebble wearing armor? No. Damn it. Okay. Um... So I am going to charge at vampire number two. Oh, like I said, I should have asked, how, how injured do these, did two pass or fail at the saving throw? Two passed, but actually it still seems like, Pebble's opening gambit was was definitely a big deal. That actually really set a tone for this battle. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna try to attack two with the Thunder Gauntlet. Okay. Well, I don't think that's going to do it. That is uh, a... 14? No. Damn it. Okay. Try it again, then. That's a natural Woo! 20. Excellent. All right. Okay. A little better there. So that is going to be 2d8 of thunder damage. That's not that much. Didn't roll super well. 13 thunder damage on this one. Okay. Then, using my mobile feet, I'm going to take a free disengage and move another 20 feet away. I'm gonna to try to get over here onto the far side of this little skirmish. So okay. the, the vampire one is now between me and Pebble and I'm a good ways away from two. All right. Um, now, if two tries to attack Pebble again, they will do so at disadvantage. Okay, just remind me of that when and if that happens. Yep. Okay, so before that can happen, uh, vampire number six has black hair that's been shaved down to a narrow crest running down the center of his crown. Except for his face, every inch of his body, including the sides of his head, are heavily tattooed with intricate patterns. And he runs due north. Let's bring him up to Isaac's level. He's not going to attack Isaac, whereas he is wont to do. He stands there, and again, in his monstrous clawed hand, he summons an enormous fireball, which he hurls at vampire number six, and he misses spectacularly. I'm just happy to know Isaac's on our side here, because I... It was really up in the air whether he, we were going to have to fight him, too. And then we are back to Pebble, who is grappled by one vampire. So I am going to guiding bolt a vampire that is grappling me. Okay. Uh, at a third level. Um, does that have somatic components? Yes. So then, yeah, you can't. You're grappled. Oh, I... Oh, so, okay. Okay. Didn't think about that. All right. Um, let me think. Wow. I mean, you could just try to break the grapple. Yeah, that's true. But then they could just grapple me again. Because if I, the bre breaking the grapple is my action, right? Yeah. Got any more of those channel divinities? Nope, I only get one. Oof. I know, I wish I had more because that'd be rad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do, has no one else has been hit by me? Nope. Okay, I am going to, oh, so if I can, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. 
I'm going to try to break the grapple as my action and then healing word myself as my bonus action. Okay. So I need a strength check? Um, strength um, uh, or dexterity. Oh, okay. I'll do acrobatics. That is going to be a 22. Excellent. Yes, you have won your way out of the vampire thralls grasp. All right. And then I'm going to give myself a nice 12 healing. Excellent. Okay. Did not like that. Number one, however, has turned its attention to Basil. That's okay. This is the bound vampire whose chains are still clattering around her. So. Oh, this one is this one has chains. Okay. Well, yeah, but they're not really hindering her. No, but they are. Oh, we'll get to it later. <laughs> I got an idea. Excellent. Okay, that's good because you know what's your crazy high AC again? Oh nope, she still manages to slash at you with her claws. Don't love that. So that is nine slashing damage. Oof, okay, that hurts. Number two is gonna go back for Pebble again. I'm at me. Disadvantage. I'm, yeah, oh yeah, already disadvantaged, so I won't board the player. With the disadvantage, yeah, she misses. Does that, she, the, the vampire has two attacks. Does that go for both? Yep, just uh, all attacks until the start of my next turn. Okay. Well, I think, unfortunately, that second one does hit, though. So that's oh. gonna be another break with the claws for another seven slashing okay. to Pebble. It's all right, I'm doing okay. Number three still has Hulk engaged. So this is the this is the big vampire. This is the big, huge hulking guy. He's gonna try to bring down one fist directly on top of Hork. He can't hit me. <laughs> he can't actually. He rolled a one and a two. <laughs> wow. And now it's for Koro's turn. Please, I'm trying to use my reaction. I am moving. Well, I'm put a little more distance there, and then I'm going to once again attack with my arrows. That's a 16 to hit. 16 hits. This is, which one are you, are you shooting? I'm shooting number four. You're shooting the, the twink vampire. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say that one again? He's, I mean, that's how I think of it. He's like a, a, a cute that's little... The otter vampire. Six damage. Six damage. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm unleashing another arrow. 14. Does that hit? That does not. Damn it. Cork. Okay. I'm going to keep wailing on this guy. That is a 21 to hit. Or let's go big money, 11 damage. And then a subsequent nine to hit, which misses, I think. That's a whiff, yeah. How's he looking? Um, pretty beat. It's hard to tell. He's so cute. And not unlike you, he's just channeling this intense rage. Oh, wow. We're just raging at each other. Love that. Yeah, basically. Cute blonde vampire is still coming after Morkoro. And then the uh, red-headed vampire moves up to the center as if to have some sort of macabre pincer move with Isaac, which makes sense because then the tattooed vampire is going to run forward and, and oh, I'm sorry, no, Basil goes first. Okay. Um, the vampire that's wrapped in chains, are they like just kind of draped over them or are they like, would it be difficult, would it be difficult to remove them? Yeah, because the chains are actually, she's, she's cuffed. Perfect. I want to cast heat metal on the chains. Nice. Wow. Love that. I love that's like my go-to thing that no one remembers they can do. As soon as I got second level spells, this is the first one that, yeah, I, that I picked. Um such an underrated spell. It's oh it's so good. Uh okay, so those chains, now I'm gonna try to make them glow red hot, and any creature in physical contact with the object takes two D eight fire damage as soon as I cast the spell. So how much fire damage does she take? Ooh. Uh thirteen fire damage. 13 fire damage. All right. Roll the six and a seven. 
She lets out a horrible hiss, more from anger than pain, though. So this one says that if the creature holding where the object takes damage from, the creature must succeed on a con saving throw or drop the object if it can. If it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks till the start of my next turn. So that's got, they're going to make a con save right now. The vampire has to make a con save? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, the, dam the damage happens and then they make a con save. That's a fail. Okay, so disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until next turn, uh, until my next turn. And now with my bonus action, I'm going to activate the defensive field on my arcane armor and give myself a little bit of extra temporary HP. Spectacular, okay. So the tattooed vampire is gonna run up and takes a swipe at Isaac, who responds with two quick slashes from his own battle axe. So then that is two hits from the battle axe. Then we're back to Pebble. Um, between one and two, can I tell who looks more hurt or no? So on the one side, you've got the bound vampire. On the other, you have the scarred vampire. And considering that the bound vampire is coping with now the fact that she is wearing white hot freckles is clearly True. in her shape. Okay. Um, and, and because of that, they get disadvantage on their attacks, correct? Is that true, Brian? Only one of only the one right. with chains, yeah. but yeah, they, they, they have disadvantage okay. on attacks. So I'm going to, I'll do a second level burning hands. And if I do a burning hands, it's a 15 foot cone. Could I feasibly get one and two in that cone or are they too close to me to get both? I don't think you can get both. Okay, no. that's fine. Um, okay, so I'm gonna do a burning hands, which is a DC 16 deck save. Okay, on number two? Yep, on number two. DC 16, that's a fail. That's the second high, that fail. Nice, that's a 16 fire damage. 16 fire damage, okay. Number one is still, uh, so what happens on number one's, or does that happen on your turn, Basil? It's you just have disadvantage right now, and on my turn, if I choose to deal more damage to them, they can try to make the same okay. throw. Okay, so lucky for you, that was two whips from the chained vampire. The scarred vampire is, however, turning its attention back to you, Pebble. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna use my reaction to, dis to impose disadvantage again. Okay. A 17 hits though, right? Yeah, that's my AC. So that's another successful claw attack for seven slashing damage. Not doing great, guys. Oh, and uh, Cork, I think that you were finally hit. The um, giant thrall attacking you finally manages to grab you and pulls you into a grapple. Oh no. Do I take any damage? I don't think so. Not from the grapple, but from the bite after <laughs> that, maybe. Yeah, now that he's got you grappled, he's able to bite you. Well, maybe not. Mm, unless you're going to do something about it, it's kind of automatic. Ah. So, giant vampire has oddly delicate fangs, which now pierce <laughs> the flesh of your skin for five piercing damage. And then the deathly necrotic energy washes through your bloodstream. Three necrotic damage. Your hit point total is reduced by three. Then it is Vorkoro's turn. Once again, putting distance between me and this guy. And then I'm firing more fucking arrows. Okay. That's a crit. Nice. That will do me eight damage. <laughs> Okay, second attack. Seven hits. Five damage. Five damage. Okay, cork. Okay, so do I need to ungrapple myself now? Yes. That's a solid twenty. You are out. Yeah. Yes. Now I'm gonna attack. Was that that wasn't my action, was it? Uh, it? Yeah, I think that's the way it works. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. 
Well, I shove him away and I just look at him. But it's a glare. You can do bonus action. Okay. That's my, uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> okay. The pretty vampire takes cover behind one of the stocks, but he's still got his eye on you, Barkoro. And then actually at that point, we move on to Basil. First thing I want to do is use my bonus action to apply more fire damage from those burning chains. Okay. That's nine more fire damage. Uh, now they're going to make a con save. DC 15. Nope. All right. Disadvantage on their next turn. Excellent. Um, so now I'm going to run to the other side and attack vampire number two. Okay. Try to hit her with the thunder gauntlets and see if I can give some more disadvantage. Uh, well, that's a critical failure, so I don't think that one hits. With uh, second one is a second critical failure. <gasps> wow, that is that is rough. So back to back ones, uh, no no thunder damage this turn. All this right. Is crazy. At this point, you guys all realize that somebody else has joined a fray. Oh, oh, damn it's oh, the is it tiger? Is it tiger in a, in a good in a good way? Father Petrovich holds aloft a metal sun disc, large and heavy as the head of a mace, mounted on a thick staff. It begins to glow, growing brighter and brighter until a blazing light pierces the gloom of the rainy square. This is the white light of St. Andrew, the priest bellows, and it will be your undoing. And then he lets out on the scarred vampire number two. And he manages to make direct contact. And there's an explosion of sunlight directly on that vampire who lets out a terrible hiss. Doing your job for you, Basil. Love that. Always like Father P. Who is up next? Number six is going to take another go at Isaac. Isaac is grappled by a vampire. No. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that you could afford to just dispose of powerful allies at this moment. <laughs> I'm still not totally sure he is an ally, but like better him than us. He is at this second. So luckily Isaac manages to break out of the grapple, but that is his turn. And then we are back to Pebble. Can I throw a guiding bolt at the one that's uh, fighting Cork, even though it's kind of over another vampire. That's the thing, is you could fire it through if it were just Basil, but not through an enemy, I don't think. Ah, uh, okay. So then instead... Could you just move? I'm engaged, right? So Yeah, but if you move down like one spot, you're still engaged oh, with that's, bolts, and then you just gotta... Through. Okay, line of sight. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I will be throwing a... Third level guiding bolt. So that is going to be a 20 to hit. That hits. Hell yeah. And that is gonna be, oh, 21 damage. Radiant damage. Horrible shriek comes out of this enormous mountain of a vampire thrall. Father Petrovich cannot help but look impressed. <laughs> nice. I wink. So then uh, the chained vampire. Disadvantage. Still has disadvantage. So that's, ooh, unfortunately, that's still a hit. Oh. Can I use my reaction to make it like double disadvantage? Is that possible? I'll, I'll roll one more time and go with the lowest. Okay. Oh, that's still a hit. Oh, damn. Damn, I'm oh, sorry. So well. You're grappled and bit for another five necrotic damage, ooh. another loss of five. Jesus. Oh my God. How you look at there, Pebble? Flinging by a literal hair. One more hit and I am. Down. It's all right. I, I, I can bring you back up. Okay. So the scarred vampire, though, is now turning its attention to Basil. Okay. 
That's one miss, that's two misses. And vampire number three was just guiding bolted, but he's going for cork again. Ooh, and that's a crit. Oh. Uh-oh. So that is 11 slashing damage from what feels like cat claws, except six inches long. <laughs> this enormous mountain of a vampire. Borkoro. With cute little fangs and cat claws. The number four hasn't moved any closer. Number four hasn't moved any closer. Number four cl- clearly wants after you, but he's now taken refuge behind one of the stocks. Cool. I'm going to continue to shoot on my arrows. Okay. 14 doesn't hit, does it? It does not. 18? That hits. Cool. Seven. Okay. Okay, so number five is no fool. Number five sees that another powerful player has entered the field of battle. No, Father P. He knew what he was getting into. Just now we got a full 6v6. Man to man. Ooh, and Father P takes a wicked scratch and calls out to, or rather it's Basil's turn first. Uh, okay. Uh, first thing, let's apply some more damage to number one. Uh, so that is oh, only seven more fire damage. Okay. Uh, they got to make a con save. Dang, she cannot make this con save. All right, still a disadvantage. Uh, how, how is she looking? Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, I'm going to move over to her and try to finish her off if I can. That's, hmm, I might need to get some new dice. I'm not rolling well right now. Yeah. That is only a 13. That does not hit. Yeah, I didn't think so. All right. Is that your turn? Uh, no, I have a second attack, but that was even worse. So. Dang. Okay. Can't just punch anything at all. Because they got this heat metal or I'd be useless. So Father Petrovich is going to disengage and try to run away to get closer to Pebble believe with some healing magic coming. All right. Um, does... Oof. Okay. Um, Isaac's really not doing so hot. This heavily tattooed vampire is just quite literally in every sense of the word eating him alive. Oh, and he has not been able to break away from him. I don't, I don't necessarily want isaac to die because i feel like we need answers from him but also like if someone's got to die here i just, he's the pick pebble you are up okay Ugh, i was thinking about saving him i don't know what to do if you want to save him go right ahead i mean i can't i don't know if i can save him but i might be able to help uh, i mean eventually we're gonna fight him all anyway um okay so yeah i'm gonna guiding bolt number six uh who's fighting isaac okay so that oh that's Oh, no. Y'all, y'all just see a, a single sun ray so full of hope and promise just sail into the distance where it is eclipsed by the mist and rain. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that would be my turn and my only other third level spell slot is gone. Um, the chained vampire powers through the disadvantage and gets a hit on Basil. Ooh, okay. Um, how much damage? Well, none because she has you grappled. Oh, okay. But then she does bite you. For four necrotic damage, your hit point total is lowered by four. So I need to make a con save then. Okay. Because uh, to keep my concentration on heat metal. That's a 10. Okay. So you're dimly aware that the chains slowly turn to a cold gray again. Ooh. Number two is no fool either. Number two is going to try to get out ahead of Father P. Oh, shoot. Number two just disengaged, didn't she? Oh, yes. Well, no. No, I guess she didn't. 
Uh, from from me, she oh, did. Okay, cool. What are you gonna do? With this? Cool, nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to punch her. Let's get some thunder gauntlets going. And that one I think is actually gonna hit. That's a dirty twenty. Oh shit, Gary. Um, not that much damage though. Uh, only six thunder damage. Okay. Um, but now this one will have disadvantage when it tries to attack anyone but me. Okay, thank you. Just try to remind me yep. of that. Does is Cork still grappled by number three? No, right? No, I. Uh... Free. If I get grappled again, I will be severely annoyed. <laughs> he misses the grapple, but he hits you with the claws for 11 slashing damage. Then it is Borkoro's turn. Don't keep <laughs> that is a 23. Damn. Okay. And that is 25 damage. 25 damage with one arrow. Yep. Wow. I, uh, I applied sharp to you that time. I actually rolled a 28. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that vampire is profoundly... He really thought he had this in the bag. He thought he was going to chase you away. That sent him really... <laughs> Second shot. Oh, Lord. Second shot, 21. 21 to hit? Yeah. Really good roll for now. Don't know where this is coming from. So it must be nice. And that is 18 damage. Wow. <laughs> Cork? Okay, I'm going to attack the vampire that just slashed me. Oh my god. Okay, well, that's not gonna hit. I'm gonna attack again. Oh! Wow. I crit fouled first, and then I just crit. Dang. So, what's the damage? Okay, that's 11 total damage. <laughs> I rolled, like, absolute booty. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like our crits have been a little underwhelming. You're, uh, yeah. you're shipping away at this guy, though. It's pretty impressive. Um... Okay, so the red-headed vampire is going to run up here to try to help the skinny vampire against Morkoro. Dazzle, you are up. All right, uh, I'm going to recast Heat Metal on number one. Okay. Using my last second-level spell slot. Uh, so that's immediately 2d8 fire damage. Ooh. 12 fire damage. Wow. He's more than my crit. <laughs> yeah, she's really pissed about those chains right now. <laughs> They looked so cool when she was putting on her vampiring outfit this morning. Uh. Um, but yeah, so they gotta make another con save. Ooh, 17. Damn. Sorry. Um, Pebble, mm-hmm. you feel the warmth of Father Petrovich's knobbly hand on your back. And nice. suddenly feel for just a moment that everything is going to be okay as 18 hit points flow into your body. Wow. Father P. That's good. He basically brought me up to max because of uh, how much my max HP has been reduced. <laughs> so. Oh, and Isaac is still grappled. Useless. Seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what good is that giant monster hand of his? Well, it literally summons fire. That's kind of cool. Not cool enough, apparently. Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> Pebble. Okay, I am going to Burning Hands Vampire, the vampire next to Father Petrovich and me, uh, at a second level. So, uh, deck save uh, DC 16. Yep. Failed or passed? Pass. Okay, so it takes six damage, six fire damage. Okay, that's number two, the Scarred Vampire. Yep. Then number one, first attack, does a 19 hit you? <sighs> Meets beats. So then you are grappled. You are bit for seven, which means your total goes down by seven. Oof. 
down 11 on the max HP now. Okay, I gotta make another con save then. Ah, what's gonna pass? That's a 21. Excellent. All right, number two. So what is Father Petrovich's armor class anyway? And that's when two grapples Petrovich. Oof. Oh, he's all of a sudden not doing so good at all. No. Oh, these, these vampire grapples are just killing us. Yeah, they're vampires. Um, oh, that's rough. Number three, one cork. He could try. Yeah, no, he um, he gets you with the claws. And succeed. How much? Ten slashing, so you're having that? Yeah. Okay. And then for Cora, you're up. Okay. Putting distance in between me and these people again. And this time I'm going to fire some arrows at number five, because it looks okay. like he's trying to help. She? She. My apologies. Mother effer ten. That's a whiff. Bullshit. Two tens. Dang. Well, that was fun. See you next round. <laughs> Cork. Um, I'm going to attack number three. Okay. I'm going to hit him with my great axe. That is a 20 to hit. That hits. Oh my god. 10 damage. And then a 25 to hit. Let's go for 9 damage. For 9 damage. All right. You're done with your bullshit, Rakora. No! What the fuck? <laughs> Not my bullshit. <laughs> So number four dashed and can't attack, but number five, ooh. How much? Well, they definitely have you grappled. No. And they stuck you for seven. Basil? I feel we've been doing this for a while. We still haven't taken anyone off the board. Yeah, that's that's the concern. Yeah. One of them is riddled with arrows. I shot them with at least six arrows. Yeah, especially because like Pebble and I have both kind of been hitting and Petrovich, as well as your arrows on one and two, I'm uh, very concerned that they're still standing. Um, so I'm going to start with using my bonus action to apply some more fire damage. That's eight more fire damage to number one. Okay. How do they look? Yeah, so definitely hurt, but it feels like they should be way more hurt. It feels like they just kind of shake off a lot of this, this hurt that you're dealing with. It was that initial blast of, of sunlight from Pebble and Father Petrovich, which did a number on them, but they've been slowly creeping back and nothing else has been quite as effective. What does that mean? Are they healing? Are they, how are they, like, I'm dealing magic damage. I don't know how they'd be resisting fire and thunder. If they're, mm -hmm. if they're biting, does that mean they're... Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet the oh, bites are healing. Oh, God damn it. I gotta, we gotta start focusing damage here. I'm, I'm staying with number one and I'm trying to hit him with the thunder gauntlets. That's gonna hit for seven thunder damage. Seven thunder damage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second one's gonna miss though. Oh, and uh, actually regardless of the, they gotta make a con save for the fire damage, but they're at disadvantage on attack rolls anyways. Okay, they failed their okay. con well, save now, too. Now they also have disadvantage on ability checks if they needed to make any of those. Okay. That was Basil. So Petrovich is going to try to break out of this uh, grapple. That's no good. What round are we in anyway? We've been doing this for a while. That is when something kind of cool happens, though. As you look up from the damage you've done, Basil, to see that Father Petrovich is still being held tight by 
that uh, that vampire thrall, suddenly that thrall lets out an animal howl of rage and surprise, and you see pitch black Ikor leap from where it has been struck by the blade of a long needle-like sword wielded by Rictavio. All right. The clown's already exaggerated features spread in a wide-eyed grin like that of a child at play. His enormous coat billows around him like a demented patchwork quilt. He rattles off sing-song. Now is the time of night that graves all gaping wide. Everyone lets forth his sprite in the churchway paths to glide. And then he dances off. <laughs> Was that him saying that we should leave and run to the church? Mm, I don't know. But he's having fun. Oh, let's roll for how much <laughs> he did. I'm glad he is. Wait, so you said dance off, like <laughs> as in he left? Like, or did he attack and he's still here? He's still there. He's just, oh shit. Um, that was to number two. Okay. And then again, he takes his long needle-like sword and once again plunges it into the back of that same scarred vampire. But that time he misses. Um, okay. And finally, Isaac breaks free of the tattoo ball. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize you guys were all doing so well. <laughs> we're at least not grappled. We don't have giant monster hands. Um... All right, Pebble. There's still a vampire uh, thrall grappling Father Petrovich. No, it looks like um, he's gonna, uh, Rictavio pulled it off. Oh, okay. Um, but fa Father P's in a bit of a bad way. Right, okay. So what I'm gonna do, this is potentially unwise, but it will potentially pay off. Um, I'm going to move, which will disengage me from that vampire too. Okay. And I am going to move so that I'm far, I'm far enough away at this point, right, to do my range spell attack, or do I need to be further than 10 feet? No, I think you just can't be in immediate proximity, though, although that vampire did get an attack of opportunity on you. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. 10 piercing damage. Okay. Are <laughs> you alive? Yeah, I'm alive. Um, okay, so then I'm going to second level guiding bolt uh, vampire 2. Okay. Oh my god, I almost crit, but instead it was a 10. <laughs> Total of 10? Yeah. Yeah, that's a miss. That's my turn. Okay. That's horrible. So vampire, what's the story with vampire number one, the bound vampire? It has disadvantage on any attacks or ability checks on anyone. Okay, so first attack on you fails. Second attack on you, I think that passes. You're scratched up pretty bad for seven. Okay. Number two turns its attention to Octavio. Octavio is now grappled. Damn grapples. I'm really pretty sure I'm using that rule. Correctly. I think you're right. I just, I just think it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, vampire number three still is only engaged with Cork. Love that for me. That time he's grabbed you. No, he didn't. He did. Oh. That's my whole next turn. Your can you can you try stuff? to stop the because the grapple's a, if the grapple's an attack can you try to stop it with your tail? Oh yeah, can I boost my AC to try to? Yeah, sure. I thought it was a like a, a strength check or something like that. Traditional grapples are like this is a grapple attack. Okay. Oh. Okay. So that means good call. Yeah, that means I get to uh, roll a D and apply that to my AC. That's five more yeah that'll do so that'll save you oh love that all right Borcoro, you're gonna break out of this grapple uh yeah 
Hi. Yeah, I kind of forgot Volcoro is because he's just so far away. Is extra fucked right now. That was kind of. Oh yeah, that's too I'm gonna unleash breath weapon on the two of them. Okay, so four fails, five fails. All right. Ten for each. The vampires are great at grapples, but shitty at saving throws. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> Oh, wait, hang on, I, I'm gonna run. Also, and six, since talking doesn't require an action, I'm gonna yell out, maybe we should flee now. That one guy said we should get to the church. They both tried to grab you, but they both missed. Uh, Cork. Um, I'm kind of on board with that, honestly. <laughs> I, this guy, they seem really annoying. Which, which direction is the church? Um, west. Oh, so it's closer to me than Bokoro. No, no. Oh, that's east. <laughs> I <laughs> thought you meant weast. <laughs> I think my zoom's coming through a mirror image. It's really weird. Um, anyways, I am <laughs> weast. Yeah, I'm going to start running. I'm going to disengage, I guess. So I get, he gets an attack of opportunity, and I'm going to run as far as I can towards Borkara. Okay. So that'll for me. You can dash. Oh, I can dash. That sounds double. Yeah. Well, not so, if you disengage. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, because the addition gave my action. But if I take the attack of opportunity, I can um, I can dash, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll just do that. Okay. So let's see. What's the deal, yo? That's that's it. No, no, he Jackie, but he missed. Oh, there we go. Vampires four and five though run down to try to cut you off. Basil. Um, if we're leaving. Let's I guess let's do it. Gonna reapply some fire damage to number one here. Uh, that's 14 fire damage. 14, okay. Uh, try to throw some punches. First one's gonna hit. Second one will not hit. Um, I would love to get a multi-attack successful at some point, but we're not there yet. Uh, so that's gonna be 11 more thunder damage. And that's just like, I hate a dead throws the punch, uh, and then is gonna run forty feet closer to Cork and Borcoro. Okay, so Petrovich is up next. As you do that, he looks at you with just the most devastatedly disappointed face you can imagine. What? Um, you have this. This man's spirit is just a little bit broken. Well. I thought Rictavio said to run. Seems like it. This does not stop him from, again, sending another blast of sunlight at that first vampire. Or... Ooh. Oh. Also, father, me running away is helpful because he's got disadvantage to attack everyone but me. Um, oh, shit. And Rictavio breaks the grapple. And end of the round is... Isaac, Pebble. Okay, so Rictavio and Father Petrovich have not run. No. Okay, I also am not, I'm not gonna run. Seems like we misunderstood the assignment here. Yeah, I'm not running. I am going to fire, because Father Petrovich just fired at Vampire One. Uh-huh. I am also gonna fire Guiding Bolt at, oh my God, it's a 12. Nope. Oh my god. Well, that's my turn. Okay. Um, one has disadvantage to attack you, though. 
Uh, yeah, one is disadvantage to attack uh, whoever because I thunder gone with them. Um, I'm gonna um, double disadvantage them with my warning flare. Still five damage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Father Petrovich is really not doing okay. Oh, if he's dead, we can run. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Okay. Or <laughs> I I wanted to run either way. I'm gonna riddle four and five with some arrows, aiming for five. Eighteen. Eighteen hits. That's nine damage. Okay. Seventeen. That also hit, right? Still on five. Yep. Same one. That is also nine damage. Okay. How the fuck are they not dead? None of them have bitten me. Die! Pork. Oh, well, shit. Remember a ways back when Basil said that Borkoral couldn't kill a vampire? This is what he meant. <laughs> I guess I run back to three like an idiot. <laughs> and then I attack number three with my Brita. God dang it, nine to hit. Swing again. Oh, yeah. That's an 18 for 14 damage. Okay. Where's number four? Four or five, I think you're going to hold Dazzle. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to run back into the thick of things here. Um, go after. Who looks more hurt? One or two at this point? We got to save Father Petrovich. I mean, they could both hit Father Petrovich. Number one is way more of her. Okay, so uh, more more fire damage on number one. Uh, so that's nine more fire damage. Uh, they gotta make that. They gotta make that con save. Oh, I think that's uh, gonna be a pass. That's seventeen. Okay, so they're still uh, they won't be attacking with disadvantage. Uh, okay, so I'm still gonna put myself between that vampire and Father Petrovich and try to thunder gauntlet. Number one? Yep. Okay. Uh, first one is, I don't think this hits, a 13. Nope. Second one, that's going to hit. That's a 23. Oh, that definitely hits. Let's hope this is all we need. Um, I doubt it. That's eight more thunder damage. On number one? Yeah. Thunder damage, okay. With a strong smell of ozone and a crackle of thunder to match the rain that's pouring around you, number one is toast. Yeah! Oh my God. We killed one! How much damage did that take? I don't even want to think about it, but yeah, one down, five to go. <laughs> like Basil's gonna like kind of give like a silent apology to Father Petrovich. Like, sorry, thought, thought we were doing something else. <laughs> And so Father Petrovich uh, gambles and loses. He disengages for number two, but that attack of opportunity oh, no. drops him. Oh. oh, Jesus. Is he down or is he... Is um, he dead? Yeah. Yeah, how, do, how does it work with NPCs here? Octavio's response to that is going to be... Did I not plan for this? Nope, I did not. <laughs> oh, you guys would be dead by now. <laughs> well, I really thought that Father Petrovich was going to make it. Octavio's sword is unusually effective against these guys for some reason, though. So there's a small comfort there. So Father Petrovich, like, he's not down, he's dead. He appears to be dead. Okay. Now we can run away, guys. He appears to be dead? He has fallen. (laughs) I'm just about to die. One of my favorites, too. It's turned into a rough day. Mm -hmm. Uh, For everyone involved. 
We're back to Pebble. Okay, I am going to try a healing word on Father Petrovich. Okay. Um, so he's gonna get uh, seven HP unless he is dead. You know what? He's a named NPC. We can say that he was in death, death save territory. I'll let him take. Okay. It. Okay. Cool. And then so and that's a bonus action. So, and that was a first level healing word, obviously. Um, so I'm going to also move up to Vampire 2 and hit with my mace. Okay. Just for fun. That is going to be a 22 to hit. Damn. And that is going to be seven bludgeoning damage. Seven bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. So one is down, two then turns to you. Uh, gets you with its claws for eight. Well, I am down. Go oh, down. No. Where's three? Cork, you are grappled. No, oh, I'm gonna use oh. my tell reaction. Okay, give it to me. Oh yeah, it's an extra eight AC. Okay, then the second attack still gets you for eight slashing, which I guess you can still have. Cork's just trucking along. Yeah, you're okay. Nice. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> the chittering of bats above redoubles in intensity, but is soon eclipsed by the mournful cause of another black cloud, this time of inky ravens who swoop in to engage the bats. One of the ravens, the size of a man nearly grown to adulthood, swoops down as if to grab the thrall in its black razor-sharp talons and instead forces it to the ground, pulling it off of the other two older men whom it has been trying to attack. There are still five vampires standing and attacking, and your companions are in a bad way. So you guys are going to have to make a choice. Are you going to run, or are you going to see this through to the end like so many before you? Run. I vote run. <sighs> I don't know. We, we, we at least got to get Pebble up first. Uh, well, technically in this game, I can still talk even though I'm down, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm... <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying. I think uh, with Basil's aforementioned uh, inability to stand up to paternal authority figures, that look of disapproval that Father Petrovich gave him, like, <laughs> he's he can't leave. Yeah, I can't leave either. I'm not leaving uh, another churchman. So yeah, I think alone. So we, are we we're calling it there. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I think, I think next next session we find out whether we all die or not, mm-hmm. or some of us, maybe some of the people are going to leave. Uh, but okay, uh, this went some parts better, some parts worse than expected. But no one's dead yet. Uh, tune in next week, and hopefully we'll get some good news on that front. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed the show, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blood on the Dice. Please leave us a five star rating wherever you're listening. And we hope things look a little less dire when you come back. See ya. Thank you.